You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 298 critically acclaimed php ugly podcast where we the trifecta some say the second coming of php get together every week and discuss why that's such a wrong comment wow i'm your host eric van johnson and with me is tom right up <laughs> i'm first all right good to and go john congdon Definitely not professional based on things that happened this week. We are professional. <laughs> professional. You got to get the now in there. My goodness. What happened this week? What's not about this week Eric, makes us not professional? Low. You're low. I didn't think so, but. My, my levels are not low, my friend. Oh. Made us not professional this week? Oh, my goodness. We got in. We got a an email on, at PHP architect saying, are you guys even PHP architects? I've been trying, I've been trying to <laughs> order from your website for 20 minutes on my iPhone and it doesn't work. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> everything's, everything's fine. I go and try it. I'm like, crap. Now I got to figure out how to debug on a, on an iPhone. Cause I've never really noticed the difference between an iPhone and like other browsers. And yeah, then, you've never you've never had Safari issues. N- no, but I also don't do a lot of front end, so I don't really pay attention to it. And I just we've had the magazine for almost a year, and nobody said there was an issue with Safari. So, like as far as I know, there's no issue. Yeah, I tried it on Chrome on my desktop. Yeah, it still didn't work. <laughs> okay, so yeah. it's a broader issue. Broader issue. Yeah, we are PHP architects, but we are not ops architects. So. There's no monitoring on the server. We let it run out of disk space. There's no monitoring. Do you know what if, you know? What we sponsors only knew of a we service. <laughs> it's a problem when you acquire something. You, it's like oh, this is running. We don't need to do anything right now. Yeah, yeah. We, we definitely need to get Honey Badger on the case. Ah, uh, so yep. disk so, disk space. Disk space ran out of disk space on the web server. That's interesting because and, someone and, had mentioned in in the herd channel. Or no, I guess in Doom and Gloom. Someone had mentioned on Discord, discord.phpugly.com, that it was a, it appeared to be a disk space issue. Yeah, so if you looked at the error response, it definitely said no room left on device. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. But Fair enough. from Safari, I couldn't see that because I don't know how to use DevTools on the iPhone Safari. And I oh, you can't. Still don't. Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah. You have, to emulate, you have to emulate an iPhone from your Mac. Oh, you you guys don't have Macs. No, we do. What are you talking about? They're it's, not our everyday driver, but we have them in our arsenal of equipment. We, we are professional. We have the tools we need to make things work. Doesn't seem doesn't seem right. <laughs> anyway, we got it fixed pretty quickly. Everything's back to normal. And then Yeah, forget about that. In the same day, we have somebody else write to us and say, Hey, there's a problem in the Kindle version or the EPUB version of this month's magazine. No, you're kidding me. We'll be 
could possibly be wrong. Yeah, there was some sort of code fence issue. Often when we make changes as we're editing the magazine, we bring it back into the markdown files, but not always. And I obviously didn't in this one section, but the EPUB is built from the markdown, not from the PDF that we are generating for the magazine. So I learned something new today. Keep the markdown up to date. Fun stuff. And have tests, you know. The joys, the joys. I'm going to have to say, tests, tests have saved my ass this week. Doing a lot of refactoring, a lot of refactoring to the event sourcing, having some fun with it. And I tell you, if it wasn't for tests, I think I would be losing my mind. Either that, either that, or I would have been done so much sooner and just not have knowing about the problems, which <laughs> might have been a good solution as well. Damn tests keep calling out problems that nobody's going to notice for a solid week or two. <laughs> so how, how are you feeling with the event sourcing as we've gotten further and further into it? Still hate it. Still love it. Hate it. Love it. You know, it's one of those things. Having fun stuff. I'm gonna get things working. Uh, I, I see. I seem to keep bumping up against obstacles where you know I'm trying to figure things out. You know, you, you know, I called you what yesterday, I think, because I was going bonkers over a problem, but it's fine. I mean, definitely four minute format formulated opinions about event sourcing and when to use it and why to use it. So do you still feel we're not using it correctly for this project? I don't know. <laughs> Where's your form- I thought you formulated an opinion. <laughs> I did. And, and you know, I, I think I outlined it in a very long response to fucking Steve in the herd channel discord where, you know, I, I basically broke it down. I, I figured exactly what I broke it down to, but the need to audit, uh, the, the need to have accountability. And I forget what the third thing was. See, I still and, disagree. If if I had if I had a magic wand, I would want event sourcing all the time. Like anything that change, anything that changes in the database, anything that changes the data, I want to know more information than I currently know. I want to know who changed it, when they changed it, possibly why they changed it, where they changed it. Like, did they change it via an API or did they change it via a web interface? Like what as much information as I could possibly have, I would like to know. And see that that's one of the things that kind of caught me a little off guard because I thought I, I was under the impression, obviously wrongfully, that event sourcing was actually capturing data that I didn't have to tell it to capture things like the request uh, coming in or, or something along that lines. I mean, like, like you just pointed out, you know, I would want to know if it came in through the API or came in through the front end. Well, you have to tell your, your stream to capture that information, even though you have absolutely no need for it today. There's this possibility that you might want it sometime in the future. And so you want to capture it. And that's the sort of thing where I'm like, I thought that was one of the things event sourcing was bringing to the table where it said, mm-hmm. hey, this request came in through this path. And it's just, it was just information it was capturing for me. And I, it wasn't this extra work I had to do to do it, nope. which again, I, I've discovered is not correct. And that's exactly what you just said. Like, there might be data that I want that I don't know I want today. I might need tomorrow. And if I'm not capturing it today... I'm still fucked tomorrow. No, <laughs> so it's, it's like that's very valid. But 
just having the event stream now, you're capturing more than you've captured in the past. And I, I get that aspect. And I, I want to go like storing the entire request. You're just wasting data at that point, but trying to figure out the things that you will need to a point. And it's that transition between like the states. So you know when it changed and how it changed. And oh, that, that was the other thing. Yeah. Knowing, knowing this, how, how a state got into We actually had a yeah, good, I, I agree with that. We actually had a good conversation when, as we were talking about it, you thought like every single event was almost a snapshot of the entire aggregate. And it was, it was fun talking about it because I got to rethink about it as well. And I'm, no, if you think about it almost like a Git repo, you start with nothing in there. You have an initial commit of some sort, which is the file is created in events or in event sourcing, your object is created in an initial state. And then every event after that is almost like a Git commit. It's the difference between what it was and what it is now. So we, if we're but, changing but the, changing the name, all we're saying is the name is now X. So we know something happened at that point in time. Yeah, and like I said, if you have a need for that sort of auditing, I, I totally get that. And I'm not I'm not discounting it. I'm not saying that there's never value to it. I just like in the scenario we're using it for, you know, I don't know if the client is ever going to appreciate that this the system is event source or ever have a requirement where we can say, Oh yeah, that's not a problem we have at event source. Now I, I had early in the project kind of projected some hope of, Hey, now when we were talking to the client, it's like now, Hey, if we decide we need to run this sort of report, we'll have that information to do it. But it's one of those things like, you know, we kind of have to present it to the client and say, Oh, Hey, why don't we do this since we've event sourced it? Not Mm. that the client's going to ever sit there and say, Oh yeah, I want this certain data that I didn't know I wanted when it started. And can you guys just event source this and, and make it happen? Right. I don't know. I, I guess that's where I kind of, I, I kind of struggle with it. It's if it was our application, I would definitely be more on board with it, but I don't know, man, it's hard. I'm liking it and I'm liking the learning of it. And I'm hoping I get good enough at it where it doesn't feel like such a struggle for me, that's, which is really challenging. You know, that, that's the key. It needs to become just another tool in your tool belt and knowing it. Over on Discord, I know Tom already pointed out, discord.phpugly.com. Unfortunately, this isn't really in Discord. We just get the information in Discord. YouTube, Zombie Slayer is asking, how does event sourcing work in Europe with GDPR? And actually, we're going to have that issue here in the US before long. And There's tons of Fucking hopefully through trying to clean up privacy. And we've talked about this in the past with event sourcing. There's a few ways around it, or a few things with it. One, you, you're you still going to append an event that the person wants their, their information deleted. So it gets deleted from all projections. And in theory, anything that uses that data no longer has access to it. But you still have the event stream. I don't know how it works legally yet. When somebody says, I want it deleted, if you technically can't know they ever existed, which I find hard to believe as long as you're not using their data for anything else. And in general, 
any any of your systems wouldn't have that data anymore because there's now an event saying that it's been deleted. Other ways around it are encrypting the event stream, and you could actually create a key per per user, for example. And then when somebody says, I want my information deleted, you delete their key. That's a harder way to go, but it's possible. you know. And once you delete that key, there is no access to that data without destroying the event stream. Or you go nuclear and you actually delete their events out of the event stream, which is not a good idea, but possible. Yeah, with the GDPR, there's, your data is supposed to be non-recoverable. Under any circumstances, so Is I that, mean, really, right. yeah, yeah, that, that's even more challenging when you start to take in consideration backups and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the GDPR suffers from a lot of fast movement problems where they got the law passed very quickly without a lot of technical input and sort of puts the problem in our laps. But like Eric says, when you when you talk backups, very I doubt that there are companies unless they're huge taking the time to go delete your specific information out of their backups. If anything, I mean, I think the only way you can have you can ca- capture something like that is have a workflow in place that tracks some sort of identifier of the data you've deleted. So it's like, hey, this user ID has been deleted due to GDPR, and then in the scenario where you're doing disaster recovery or restore of a backup, it has to then get scrubbed by another system that says, okay, are any of this, is any of this information in this recovery we need to nuke? But if, if you go with Tom's definition of it can't be recoverable, then oh, that doesn't true. work because you have that same thing with event sourcing where the data is in the event stream and then you get to an event where it says it's deleted, so it's gone, but if you recover to a point in time, just like doing a disaster recovery, you have that data. Yeah, yeah I mean, quick Google here says that France is the one that's really had the most problem cases with this, uh, and that <clears throat> while they don't expect that your backups will be uh, expunged from specific users' data, your backups should have a retention policy that eventually expires user data if they want to be forgotten. Um, and a there's a software company specializing in backup and restoration that says the ideal solution is one backup archive per user. So you can actually specify <laughs> a specific archive to be removed from the backup restoration loop. Yeah, that's so, really fun. Uh, yeah. I mean... Feasible. I mean, it's possible, but yeah, not not enjoyable. I don't know. Do. Where are your guys' backups? Do you do you have them? Backups? Yeah. I mean, it's in theory. Sure. I mean, we had to recover actually recently. We talked about this on the show. Yeah. Where we had an absolute you know drop table situation on a production database. Fucking so. Kalen. <laughs> we know we know we know we can recover uh for for certain certain clients i mean uh, you know we we do we don't practice disaster recovery like obviously a good it group should to our defense our clients don't pay us to practice disaster recovery either so i mean you never know how good your backup your restore system is until you you need it it's always one of the joys of the job 
I mean, when I was when I was working in enterprise, we actually had to cut over to other data centers and make sure that we can that we didn't we had a tolerance of data we could lose between one data center coming down and another data center coming up, and it was not enjoyable. And it never worked either. It was not it was not a pleasant experience, and it never worked. And you really did it just to see, you know, okay, what what doesn't work this time that we need to try to fix and make sure it works the next time. Yeah, it's operations. Man. You, it's not my job. Yeah. What is your job, Tom? <laughs> yeah, how's that going? Don't have a job. Well, uh, you yeah. know, still on the still on the hunt. I've got a couple. A couple hits that I'm hoping finalize next week. Big test tomorrow. Uh, explains the little can of beer. I couldn't do <laughs> tests, man. Uh, so, you know, prepping for that. You know, a lot of front end code research and remembering and stuff like that. The thing I'm doing tomorrow doesn't allow use of an ORM. So I can use the framework of my choice, but I have to write everything in... SQL. That's not an odd requirement. Well, I think the system doesn't have an ORM, so they want to make sure that I can still work within it. You know, it's a a lot of... It doesn't have an an ORM, but it has like any framework you want to use. They want to know you you know your SQL. Yeah, they want to watch proctored test. They want to watch me write it, and then I have to defend it in an hour-long meeting afterwards. Good. So, you know, I'm prepping for that because it's been a long time since I've done PDO, uh, essentially forever since PDO didn't exist since I last used a, a non-ORM solution. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, you know, making progress with that, doing learning about Alpine, Livewire, React. I hate React. Just not a fan. <laughs> Don't understand why you need two DOMs for one application. I thought React and Vue were very similar. I thought they no. were pretty close. No? You know, maybe in some of the execution, but React uses JQL. The God, I hope it's JQL. That sounds right. I know what you're talking about. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say you're correct, yes. Yeah, sure. Which means that DOM objects aren't really DOM objects. They exist in the JavaScript and the JavaScript controls the DOM in total. It's a very haphazard way of controlling everything about the DOM. Uh, you know, looked into a lot of the front-end framework stuff because I'm going to be doing front-end framework stuff, uh, but not CSS. I tried Flexbox. <laughs> I'm not going to do CSS. Not just not going to. I'll quit. I will quit yeah. on the spot if I'm asked to do anything with CSS. Draw my line right here. I'm not doing any front front-end stuff. You need front. I'm drawing my line right here. I'm not doing any CSS. <laughs> okay, I'll do layout, but I won't do style. I'm not doing JavaScript. You can go fuck yourself. You need JavaScript. JavaScript okay, I'm no problem. Quite good at JavaScript. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, a process. Uh, I've really narrowed it down to a couple companies that I care for and want to work with at the rates that I want to work for. So you know, next week uh, we'll see. It should be better or some news next episode. Cool. Looking yeah, forward to um, that. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about John and I have been pair programming usually a day or two a week now. It's gotten gotten up to. And I'm pretty convinced that 
the only reason John is willing to pair a program with me is because I'm using whatever PHP 8.1, and he just, just wants, wants to, to see it, just like shit. catch the catch the contact high from it. And I I am horrible. Like there are certain things I do now. So so the mm-hmm. thing I'm doing a lot now, and we're doing we're trying in this project and understanding kind of some of the caveats to it is property promotion, right? Which has been nice. I don't know how much it really cleans up the code when all is said and done because a constructor still, constructor property promotion. Yeah. Constructor. Yeah. I'm still not I love used, it. To, used to look at it. Yeah. I'm still not used to looking at it, but it's very slick. But even things like, like no call, no call lesson operators. I have found myself abusing the living hell out of that. I mm-hmm. throw those things everywhere now. The- I'm like, how did we code without this? (laughs) Well, and I complained a lot about null safe function calls or null safe, null safe methods and null safe properties on objects. Mm. And yeah, we, we, we ended up using that this week. I use it everywhere. Well, that's right. We did, didn't we? We did. And then we opted out of that question for you, Tom, since since you are on board with the the property promotion. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm torn on. Public read only, where now things outside can just grab that property versus having a specific getter for it. You're not talking about the new RFC, are you? No. Is there a new RFC? There's a brand new RFC for 8.3. See, I led right into that. I'm purposely not. I I had not intended to get into it because we said we weren't going to talk about pending Mm -hmm. RFCs, but there is a new there is a new RFC. I don't think we said that. Said that. Nope, don't think so. All right. Well, then uh, then I don't care. Asymmetric (laughs) visibility. So this is the ability to set a difference between the getter and setter of property on its definition. So its initial definition is the read. It's Well, it's hard to explain without seeing it. it. How is that different than public read only? Because you have a writable property that's available to children, but not to parents. So the, the definition here of this property would be public, private, set, string, bar, which means that it is a publicly readable, but privately settable string. So it can't, so anything that extends your class can't change it. It applies to public, private, and protected. So you can say it's a protected set, or it's a private set, and it's up to you to create your setters and getters for it. Right, but in that case, there, I can't see the, the differences between public read-only and public protected. To me, those would be the same thing. Yes, but public, private with right, a public set. Private with a public set means you can set it, but you can't read it. This allows for all sorts of different extenuating circumstances. No, you're just making things up. No, I, I wish. I mean, this this RF- you would not have a you would not have a private readable public writable thing. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. It's a programming language. Well, that's just you know stupid. that. I want to I want to see the I want to see the use cases here. The RFC itself provides a bunch of use cases, including interactions with the get and set magic variables. I initially had a lot of trouble understanding why you would want to do this, but 
there are some examples of libraries. I mean, again, it's always you know third-party code where you say, "Don't touch this." It has to be set a specific way. Or right. Well, that's the that's the use case of private often. Yeah, and I can never would never understand a private readable public writable. That doesn't make sense. But there's a use case in here of protected read private set, which makes some sense where your children can read the the variable. It's not readable publicly, but they can't set it. Yeah, let's say you had a so, property that had to be uh, hashed before it was stored as a property of the object. So you want to make sure that they use the setter that you've custom defined and not the set property right. value. I mean, that's something that I've run into a lot with API garbage. You know, that so, there are cases. I asked the question because I... Not being on eight one yet, which I hope to be soon. Oh, that's I adorable. Love the I love the idea of public read only, where I don't have to define a getter for all of my variables, but that also means my I can't refactor my variables because other pieces of the code are now using it. Where if I had a specific getter, as long as I don't change that API, everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Which is a little scary not that i need to refactor variables that often but yeah it's it's a little just a a a little tricky you know i don't use the read only property a whole lot i don't know the the idiosyncrasies of it uh but this is you know another tool in the php tool belt yeah as as eric and i were pair programming when he was saying i get giddy about like trying new things in eight one now we have half the classes that are have getters defined and half the ones that are using private read only and everything just accesses the variable. Yeah. I, you know, it's, there's tricky stuff and you might run into errors trying to, trying to make these kinds of changes and you know, it's good for catching those errors. What would that be? This episode of PHP ugly is sponsored by HoneyBadger.io, the web developer's secret weapon. HoneyBadger offers exception, uptime, and cron monitoring all in one place, and it is easily installed into your web application. Deploy with confidence and be your team's DevOps hero. Their list of features can fit a team of any size. Are you just starting out? Have a fantastic free plan for life that you can use while your traffic is low. Are you an established business? Perfect. You should have a system in place to alert you to errors in real time, not finding out when your web visitors complain, if they ever do. In addition, their third-party integrations will let you connect some of the most commonly used alerting services so that you can know at a moment's notice if things go wrong. Head over to honeybadger.io to sign up for a free account to get started. And while you are listening to a PHP podcast, HoneyBadger supports so many languages, including Ruby, JavaScript, Elixir, Python, Go, and so many more. Head over to honeybadger.io and start your trial today. Thank you, HoneyBadger. Thank you, HoneyBadger. HoneyBadger. So, yeah, so John, you, super you mentioned that. you mentioned earlier about issue with phparchitect.com, which PHP if you're Arch. not aware, yep. you're right, it is Arch. Arc? It? I think Architect. I think Architect redirects too. Yeah, just redirects. Yeah. Anyways, uh, a user a user opened up a ticket about an iPhone. I know you have switched over to mm-hmm. an iPhone. How is that going for you? Way better than I thought it would. The only thing now is the minor regret of switching away from the Mac with all of the built-in integrations. 
Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So gotcha. When I had my Android, I, I was able to text from my computer pretty easily. I now I don't have that same ability. I would if I were on the Mac, and part of me wants to just set up my um, you should my laptop. Now. <clears throat> that that should be if you log into iCloud, you should be able to do that. Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah, that mm-hmm. was one of the announcements. The last. Apple Developer World Expo seance. Well, now I got to go check that out. Thanks. Well, I bring it up because I guess Android or Google is like turning up the heat a little bit about the whole blue box, green box, you know, reply system. Mm-hmm. And it came out terrible. with a video. Because huh? it's terrible. Yeah, I mean, I honestly didn't pay it a whole lot of attention because I didn't care and nobody in my family uses iPhones even though I I had offered to my wife to switch her to an iPhone and she flat out declined. She was not interested in moving over to an iPhone and I would totally support that. Smart um, woman. So I just got her got her another Pixel, but um so it doesn't impact me a lot. So I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention. I think it impacts it actually impacts my wife more because she does belong to little groups of people who use use the iPhone, and I guess the whole breakdown is around SMS. Yeah, but I never looked into it and like never cared to figure out why that is. And Google actually released a video that basically said, "Listen, the entire world has decided to embrace this other messaging platform technology standard. Use yeah to standardize in this other messaging platform or standard." And Apple continues to sit off on this little island for no reason, no justifiable reason except to do it. No, it's financial. To, well, I mean, it, I don't agree with that. How How is it financial? It's not like people are saying, well, I'm going to buy a, an iPhone because they've decided to do messaging watch, this way. Watch MKH, MKHBD's video on Blue versus Green Box, and he breaks it down pretty good in there. So you're, you're locking people into that. You, you get that people that want the oh i liked the message and you get problem thumbs up or the heart problem number one is if you're going from an iphone to an android system this has been a decades old or a decade old problem now which is that if you are on an iphone and you're communicating with other iphone people you're not using sms you're using iphones uh whatever copyrighted live service they provide this is detected when you first message somebody so that the next time you try to message them, it won't try to SMS them. It will just send it straight through Apple's platform. So if you switch from an iPhone to an Android phone and start trying to text them, they'll stop. They won't be receiving text from you because their phone, their iPhone has recognized that texts aren't the way that this phone number communicates. So oh, they won't receive or they won't send to you. They won't send to you. That's true. So this has they been fixed. This is yeah. This has been fixed a little bit through patches and stuff, but it's still a pain in the ass. But honestly, you know, and iPhone's service is better. iPhones, well, how's that? Because you can see the read receipts. You can see that somebody liked it or emoji emoji responded to it. Uh, it has methodologies for right. handling higher quality video. We can do that. That that's the. It's different. Like if I were to send you an SMS or if you sent me one and I liked it, you're going to get John liked this message. You're going to get a separate text saying I liked it versus 
the little thumbs up on the actual message. And the the video and image quality thing is true. Like if my wife sent me a video, it would come through all cropped and look horrible mm-hmm. versus full quality. Well, not just full quality. So MMS. Well, well that's that's because you guys were sw- you you guys are crossing platforms. Right. Right. Yeah. So and they explain they explain why that is because what Apple was doing is they were just just converting it back to the old school SMS protocol. Right. Yeah, Apple video being sent to my Android is unwatchable. Right. Um, but Apple to Apple is the highest quality, and Android to Android is a medium quality processed picture. So the Apple, really? yeah, so the Apple to Apple communication really has the best quality. Android to Android has a, a usable quality, but Apple to Android. I wouldn't say. My, literally, my wife just sent me a picture. They're hanging out in the backyard watching PHP Ugly, it looks like. Now that now that I'm mentioning it, yep, yep, they're watching us uh, <laughs> while floating in the pool. And, of course, I'm doing this over a webcam. But the quality, I mean, I can see on the television that they're watching PHP Ugly. Right, but, the, mean, but the, the, camera, the camera is taking a 14-megapixel picture, and you're receiving a 1.4-megabyte file. So you're getting something that's totally usable, but not the source image, not 14 megabytes in the slightest. Whereas Apple to Apple communication, you're getting almost the full 14 megapixel image. Now on a phone, Mm. on a phone screen, it's not a big deal. But if you're, if you're actually making a movie with an iPhone or doing something like that, and you're sending the iPhone images to someone else with an iPhone to edit, like wedding pictures and stuff, then it's like actually a significant difference because they can adjust the depth values. They can adjust. They get almost the raw image. I will say, Google, you've got to get your shit together with messaging. You're, you're, you're jumping around with how people using Hangouts. Now you, now you do messaging through Gmail. And they, they have this extra little tap. You nope, it's called to Meet. Get your shit together. Huh? It's called Meet now. M E E T. No, 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 it's not. It, that was a while it's ago. Gmail now. Nope. Th- this is this is what I'm saying. They they keep completely changing. So now now when you go into <clears throat> Gmail, there are these little things down here. Ones for chat. If you're doing a group chat, that's a whole separate thing. It, it's also in Gmail, and it's just like. It, it's it's broken. It's been broken for a yeah, while. Gets, they continue to not fix it correctly. It gets so much it dumber. It is so frustrating. So Google replaced Hangouts with a system called Duo. Yep. Right. Duo has been renamed to Meet. I don't think it has. Duo. Sure? Duo has been renamed to Meet. So it's still Duo on my phone. By September. Duo.google.com will redirect to meet.google.com slash calling. This is a different Google Meet than the existing Google Meet that is also called Google Meet. <laughs> Google, get your shit together. I mean, seriously. Seriously. Yeah, it's got like a zillion dollars. Just get freaking messaging rate for peace I, sakes. I don't I don't understand what's happening, but it is there is now there are now two separate Google products called Google Meet. They are, <laughs> they are wholly separate, and this does not include the business users. This is just use, end users 
who use Google Meet will now have to use Google Meet instead of Google Meet. But they will, for a period of time, both function as Google Meet. That's awesome. That wasn't confusing at all. Nope. Doesn't, doesn't help anything. It is, it is crazy. It's crazy time. I remember before cell phones became what they are today, wanting Apple to create a phone. When Apple creates a phone, I'm going to jump on it. I'm going to love it. And I got iPhone when it first came out. I did love it, but then Android came out and I'm like, Oh, I got to have this thing. And I had to convince my wife why Google would be better for me than Apple was. And it was because I, I do more with Google Drive, Google Docs, Excel Sheets. And in business, it's just going to be better for me to have a, a Google phone. So I convinced her that I should get rid of my app, my iPhone, switch to Android. And I was on Android for 15 years almost. And in that time, I grew to a point where I hated iPhone. And then obviously last year switched back. And I don't hate it as much as I thought I would. But this, what you're talking about now with Google Meet and Eric complaining about the messaging systems, and I remember those frustrations, I'm now kind of happy to be back with the uh, iPhone products. I, Nobody cares what you have. That integration, I, I, I is so, that integration, though, is so good if you're purely in an Apple environment no, where you can have a... You can have a FaceTime call on your phone and then sit down at your desk and it just transfers over to your your MacBook. That's cool. But I agree. If I had all of those things, it would be nice for that. But even without that, just things like FaceTime between iPhones has been great where I don't have to, like, one, I absolutely hate Skype. I don't have to set up Zoom. Trying to now message with people on Android devices is not as convenient. Yeah, I mean, Google's not wrong that the the SMS space is getting confused and ugly, but they're, but they're not they're, the situation. Yeah, but they're <laughs> also they're also not right that they have any kind of helpful answer whatsoever. It's it's a very devil's advocate situation where you're not bringing anything to the table other than the argument that things should be better or different. Yeah. I love my MacBook. I mean, as far as development goes, it's been the best. Uh, it's been it's been the best upgrade yeah. I've had in a long, long time. Oh, I forgot you got a MacBook. They didn't take that back, huh? Awesome. <laughs> I put that blue versus green bubble video in the show notes. Check it out. <laughs> Go back to that. <laughs> oh, are we doing Laravel? Because I've answered so many, so many what's good and bad about Laravel questions this week. Before well, we let's gonna, do it. No, no, no. Before I want to, I'm going to finish my terrible week. Because I had oh, a what shitty day break? today. I had a shitty day today, and I just want to bring this up. I've been working on switching from the leagues OAuth to client version two to version three for mm. three to four weeks now. Yeah, yeah. The way it was built into the system was flawed to begin with. Now, for me trying to upgrade it, it has been an absolute pain in the ass. The number of files I have to touch to fix this. I open up a PR, send it in for functional review, and of course they immediately find an issue. And it's yeah, like, it says John Congdon on the PR. Yeah. I'm like, crap. And they're like, because part of it was just a flat refactor where I need to change the function name from this to that. And then because it did that in 
so many different files and some of the sections of code, I just don't know how to go manually test. So I'm like, okay, it's probably going to be fine. And of course they test that piece of code and it's not fine. <laughs> There's other issues. I'm like, God damn it. Let me go fix that. Now I get into this one area of code and I'm just getting these, these errors and I don't know, understand what's going on. So I start step debugging. Freaking step debugging with streams breaks the stream. Like literally, if I'm not step debugging, I can open, I can do an F open on PHP colon slash slash temp to open a temp file. If you start step debugging that, it breaks. And the code is literally F open PHP colon slash slash temp. If it, if not is resource that variable, throw an exception. If you're not step debugging, that works. If you are step debugging, you open the temp file. You say, is this a resource? It says no and throws the exception. That drove me crazy for hours today. So I just putting that out there. If you're having that type of issue, you're not crazy. I, I was. I mean, I, I, I hate to do th- I hate to do this to you, but I think this is an old PHP issue. I, I believe no, this not. is a I believe this is a solved issue in modern Xdebug. I don't think so. I'm on Xdebug. Well, whatever the latest version I can be on right now. Right, that's the thing is that you can't be on anything close to the latest version. Oh yes, I'm not that far behind for flipping grind out loud. What seven four? Now you're gonna make me look. I don't know. That that would be PHP, not Xdebug. Right, yeah, Xdebug is up to three point two. Uh, I'm on Xdebug three for sure. I mean, have you tried submitting it to Derek? He doesn't have a lot going on, <laughs> and he seems <laughs> seems like a very reasonable, nice guy to help out one user. No, I've not. It's this was just figured out today. I realized, thanks to the help of friend of the show Andy Snell, it just just flat out did not work. As soon as I stopped debugging, it was fine. Huh. Pissed me off. I mean, there is but some yeah. news for uh, XDebug this week. We've got XDebug 3.2. Go for it. 3.2 supports PHP 8.2. Drops support for 7.2, 7.3, and 7.4. So you, you can't possibly be using the latest version. Nope. Definitely not using the latest version. Um, <clears throat> He's working on his YouTube series. And... uh. He got he got full, fully funded for this period of work, which is good to hear. This period being this month or this July, being that he was on vacation and only worked eighteen hours. <laughs> so, and one of the first videos he released, if I can interject here, of course you can, was using XDebug with Vim. I know this is going to come up. VD, but well, yeah, of course you did. It was in the trailer board. <laughs> I actually started watching a lot of the the Prime Genes, Prime Primegen, Prime Primegen, yeah. And I, I know I've tried setting up a full like PHP setup in Vim, and I know you have one and you use it. I just can't seem to get things working the way I want it to. But I also don't spend that much time. I get in there for like ten minutes and try and throw some plugins. I now must have a broken plugin plugin from the last time I tried it. So every time I go to um, open a new file, I get errors that 
just annoys me. If there was only a friend you felt comfortable enough reaching out to, you know, like a friend that reaches out to you and they need help, but, you know, I guess you gotta have some faith and trust in that friend that they know what they're doing, so, <laughs> yeah, I can understand. <laughs> I'm glad you understand. I wish, my, my <laughs> dream is that for whatever reason, I have no justification for this, but for whatever reason, I dream that JetBrains will release a Vim plugin or Neo Vim plugin, more specifically. I think they would kill it, even if it was like some weird thing where you had to pay for it. But I don't know. I would love to see JetBrains get behind Vim plugins on some level, just to kind of say, hey, you know, we really do care about developers, which they always do show that. Like, they, I'm not saying that they don't show that they they care about developers. It's just, it's such a niche market. Like, I don't think you're going to have people say, well, I was just going to use PHP Storm, but now that JetBrains has the Vim plugin, I'm just going to switch to that. I think the reality of that happening is very small. I, but there's probably more of a chance of real, real world Vim developers that would be willing to give JetBrains you know, some, some more playtime because they're like, Hey, you know, they're, they're good, good in our community. Let me, let me show them some love. What do do you think the JetBrains Vim plugin would do? Just, just make it hard to quit. Even if it's just wrangled in other plugins for like PHP developers. Of course, I always think PHP developers, you know, they realize JetBrains does a lot of other IDEs, but even if they just wrangled in the same, okay, Here's the PHP plugin you need to get things, you know, like, you know, auto completion, jump to definition, especially now with this, with LSPs, which are these language servers that are out there. It's the language server protocol. If they would just create a language server that people could tie into and then get all this kind of uh, PHP storm sort of behavior that people cobble together now with them, I don't know. I just think it would. It would be really cool. I would love to see something like that. Well, you know what I love? There's so many bad answers to that. I'm just going <laughs> to let you finish. The the beautiful fever dream of our patrons on Patreon. There's a new one. I see that. Chris B, welcome. Thank you, Chris B. Hey, good job on that video. Thank you, Mr. Yeah, I'm getting allergies already. <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do a sticker email camp mail campaign here soon i think uh i don't know if we've done i think we've done one this year haven't we john no it was last year that i did it <laughs> no really the one i did this year is if people bought elephants and i recognize their name as patrons they got they extra got, stickers they, they may got they might got a little extra something something in their elephant package <laughs> Yeah, we probably need to we probably need to catch up a few uh, Patreon supporters with uh, their rightful gifts that we appreciate so so very dearly. And thank you, Chris B. They for, are mostly for stickers for us. other products. Yeah, absolutely, other podcasts that you should listen to. Yeah, it's mostly you know, just us recommending educational stuff. You should not you should not listen to PHP Ugly. You should listen to PHP Architect and Roundtable. <laughs> I saw recently. I don't know how often you guys probably don't really have a lot of visibility to it, but every now and then we get people comment on old videos and there's one in particular. I can't wait to hear this. There's one in particular. (laughs) There's one in particular that they comment on a lot. And one of the commenters are, I don't even know how you guys, you know, 
feel you're in a position to criticize other people. This guy has over 10,000 followers. You guys don't even have a thousand. I'm like, you're such an idiot. Like you think that hurts our feelings? (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, that's four years of not even trying buddy. Exactly. It's like, you know, the people we have, like we have like best people in discord. Now I want to know what episode this is because I'm sure I know who I'm criticizing. Yeah. It's that framework, isn't it? Oh, yeah. that dude? Yeah. Yeah, that dude. Oh, which I don't which care. keep keep in mind, <laughs> we all <laughs> take the bullet on that one. And I have gone <laughs> back and watched that episode because I'm like, did we really talk that badly? Like, we have torn into Laravel ten times oh, yeah. worse than what you said about this particular project. Oh, and I don't. I'm like, I went back and listened to it and even you, you're like, I mean, yeah, sure, going off on one of your normal rants, but like John and I <laughs> really don't say anything. And no, if anything, no, I, and you guys, okay, I, so I, he, I sit there, he made a super cut I, of like all the negative things I said, and it's now the the first thing that plays when you go to that framework's website, and it's okay, just it's me. Still there. It's just me. It's not you guys at all. And and but, what but a, we what get a blamed. Fragile, we all get blamed. What a, that's what I that's don't, what kills me. Oh, you know it's nothing to do with you though. It's just this dude's fragile ego ego and and really the sad state of mental health in the world. That's Oh, that's, you're gonna you're gonna be hurt. They took it off their website. Oh no no no, no it's you're still right. there. It's still here. First thing it plays is me. No, no, me. not the first thing. All right, I'm adding, I'm adding this to Discord. Kind of, kind of dancing around it a little bit because I wasn't trying to bring that much to it. The dude, Discord the dude can't you... post on Reddit anymore because his his oh really? yeah his rating got bumped so low for attacking people on Reddit. Like he is, he <laughs> is like like a Donald Trump character in, in the PHP world. I yeah, this, is this fast enough for you? That graph on the front page. Like, I... There's no way. You know, it's 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 an interesting community, and I can understand people being attracted to it for sure. Mm-hmm. But the the claims that PSRs are uh, bad for the community, that Composer is a negative impact, and that I made Composer better by centralizing under my name instead of under Packages' name. These mm-hmm. these well, it's all right, so, narcissism so- at its at its most standard. So people watching the podcast can can or people in our Discord can see what we're talking about. We haven't called it out yet. We want oh, it's to Tron do Gate. That for the listeners. <laughs> do we want to? Yeah, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. Not have a discussion 1.0, about 1.0 forever. The version of this framework is 1.0 forever. There will never be a 1.1. Well, that'll make you happy. That's your biggest complaint with Laravel. They have new versions. <laughs> no, no. The complaint, the complaint is that the versioning is not sensible in Semver's version. This you're saying this isn't sensible. You're never going to break. You never Yours need to upgrade. The, the, yeah, the only support system you have is a man who's nearly homeless in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, there's been some we have interesting. No of him being I, homeless, so it's not even good. No, no, no. Nearly homeless. I, He's explained it on several of his videos. That he has no money and is is essentially blacklisted from the PHP community at this point. See, I have never heard of this person or this project, with the exception of the time you brought it up, and then of course 
the time other people have. And he has a following. Like, yeah, like no, Super Duper following. has a following. But besides that, like, I've never been, like, with other... And I hang out with a lot of PHP people who have said, oh, yeah, this guy's a dick. Like, I've never... This person's name has never... I've never heard of him before this. And it was just... So it's weird that you say that. I don't know if it's true. It, yeah. Again, don't... I don't ever hear this person. Don't care about him. Don't care about his project anymore, to be quite frank well, so with you. I'll tell you, this whole thing about the number of subscribers he has absolutely beats us to the ground. He's got 10,000 subscribers. This thing about views? No. He gets, he gets 300 or so views per video. And... His See, most popular one with those numbers. His most popular one it, it, in the last month or so is three reasons why Laravel is a dying framework, which I am open to consultation. I could have helped him out on this video. Never got contacted. <laughs> I was going to say, if he wants to see somebody you know, start to criticize our framework, let's listen to. I mean, I think all of us have, have laid into Laravel pretty pretty well over the years. How do you get to the freaking <laughs> YouTube channel? I don't see. I'm on the website. I don't see yeah, any links it, to it. You can't. It's, it's, it's a not specific link. one. It's there you what? Go. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Holy crap. Oh, I shared he, it privately, not on Discord. Yeah, he, he posts every couple days. It's live coding sessions and weird. I mean, there's something to be said for people who, who live code. And, and honestly, you're going to get views if you live code. You're right. It is only 300, 139. You know, there's something weird about this. Like, I'm not big on... It's a term is schizophrenic. I've watched enough of these YouTube investigators who, like, call this type of stuff out where you have this big of a difference between subscribers and views where they say, okay, these aren't real subscribers. Like, if you... Yeah, it's, if it's you called getting ratioed. Subscribers, okay. Yeah, a ratio. That's what it's called. Yeah, the ratio of subscribers to views. Yeah. That that's that is weird. What, that, that what's is with that? Bizarre. What's with the fifth uh, video? Schizophrenia. It's the end Stop of the world. Stop saying that, Tom. You don't know. Uh, he's pretty clear about it in some of his like personal videos. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, John. I can't. I really have trouble. Even I'm trying to watch like one of these just to make sense of something that's being said, and it's just rambling to me. Anyway, let, we've given him enough air, Tom. No, That's apparently we haven't, John. That's the thing. We we get a we get a lot of snarky remarks about how we we should be talking more about this. So there, they they get there, they get there. Yeah, no, I couldn't not imagine caring about this guy, especially after like a lengthy personal attack on his homepage, where he explains that I'm wrong about everything that I was quoting from other redditors. <laughs> Well, some yeah, somebody somebody in our Discord had come across a link, you know, like you said, just basically saying, "Oh, I'm going to sue these guys." PHP ugly. I'm yes. Like, sue us. When it was brought to me, I'm like, I thought it was. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought it was a Patreon supporter. I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you're turning against us. <laughs> like, what happened? I want my money I'm like, back. I'm like reading it. I'm like. Who is this person? I don't I don't know who this person is. And finally I finally put it together. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I kind of remember this this discussion. <laughs> so there, there, all you Trongate people out there, all you Trongate both of you listeners, there, we've spoken about it, okay? We're not avoiding the topic. 
We're not afraid of him. That's something else. Oh, I bet you're afraid of him now, aren't you? You guys are scared. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about him. I don't know who he is. Yeah. I don't use his shit. I don't listen to him. Fuck him. Fuck you. You know? There. There. We've talked about it. Speaking, Piss off. Speaking of Laravel being a dying framework, this week's patch doesn't have any backwards compatibility breaking stuff. Very disappointed. Cool I'm very stuff, disappointed to tell you. I went over the release notes. They're they're pretty reasonable and nothing that actually breaks any existing functionality. Are you sure you don't want to bitch about the fact that there are new artisan commands? New artisan it? commands are not backwards breaking. I'm perfectly happy with new artisan commands. Or arguments to and old arguments to old artisan commands that keep the formatting the same as it's been. New artists. So there are new artists and commands. Yeah, they're pretty cute. DB show. Yeah. They're really going above and beyond to make it so you don't actually need to log into your database server anymore. It's like, hey, yeah. You know, what do you what do you need? I mean, with these with these commands, so there's a couple of new commands. There's DB show, which will show you all the tables in the breakdown of your database. And I don't know what all the databases this works with. I know obviously MySQL. I assume Postgres, but maybe not Postgres. Yeah, uh, Postgres, MariaDB, Oracle. Yeah. Uh, these are all simple so, commands to execute uh, as far right. as like... The artisan commands, DB show will show you your tables, will show you your, your, your database information. You can do DB table and do a deeper dive into a particular table. And then there's also a monitor, DB monitor, which... This is the one that I actually care about. But it's not it's not showing you like numbers of connections it or is. anything. Oh, does it's it? It's showing oh, you is that with the one Yeah, it's showing you the number of current connections to the database. Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't even use it. I'm like, okay, so you run it and it tells you your database is running. Great. I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it was it was actually giving you connections and things like yeah, that. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's well, the other okay. ones, I mean there's there's always been database management stuff that can do this. None of it's really special. It's nice that it's in an artisan command and you can sort of debug some of your stuff based off of it. But, but you wait, know, wait, 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 wait. In reality, how is how are they getting this data? How are they getting the size of those tables? What well, describing the table? Have, does that give you size? Yeah. I so. Am I dumb? Because I. I... Da, da, da. Yep. Select data length. Select table name is table, round, data length, plus index length, divide by 1024, divide by 1024, as size in megabytes. This is, this is the information schema. This is the information schema, which most people don't use in MySQL, but has a lot of information about the current operating state of your system. So, you know, most people, they've got the table, the database they work in, and they just play with that and stuff. But there's a core database in MySQL called the information schema, and that stores a lot of the current behaviors of all of the databases being run by the system. Now, this does not account for sharded replication or AWS data or like there's a lot of stuff this can't do. I would say mostly in production, this is a totally useless amount of information. But you don't run artisan commands in production anyway. You shouldn't. (laughs) So it's more like... Number of connections wouldn't really matter if you're if it's development environments. Yeah, well, but in your development environment, if you want to run a load test that emulates 
stuff and check for dangling connections or check for persistent connections. It could be helpful. Yeah. I've done stuff like it in the past where I spin up six instances and see 12 connections and wonder why I've got two connections per instance and have to figure that out. Oh, I've spent lots of time fighting that battle. Yeah. Now there is, there's a new validation rule that checks for a string doesn't end with a given substring. This is a regular expression is totally useless and bloats the framework, but whatever. There's a restore quietly for soft leaded models so that it doesn't throw events that say I'm being created again. Extended the config functionality has been extended to be macroable, which is always nice. More macroable stuff is better. Uh, really helps with upgrade paths. Uh, but that's about it. I mean, like like I said, nothing breaking. I'm okay with it. Gets the it gets the Thomas seal of approval. Outside of loading oh, that's the what framework, everybody's looking for. But there was a thread. There was an interesting thread on Reddit where somebody said, "Hey, you know, for compliance purposes, I've been told I need to subscribe to some resource that provides updates on Laravel vulnerabilities and security updates. Where do I get this resource? Currently running Laravel seven. Which is, I mean, was, it, wait, was seven an, an LTS version? No, I don't even know what LTS versions are. Anymore. I think there used to think be a, it got abandoned, but if it didn't, it's six point four. Wasn't there Laravel releases or something website? Am I crazy? I don't know versions. Laravel. Versions, I don't know how you could Laravel keep up versions. with that. Here you go. I'll throw I'll throw it in Trello for Discord to have it. But yeah, there is the Laravel versions out there. So you said seven? I don't think seven was a thing. According to according to Laravel uh, version. Here it is. Seven. Release date twenty twenty yes. bug fixes until <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, so six <laughs> is the current LTS version, which gets security fixes until let's call it next month. <laughs> Let's not call it next month. It is, it is next, month. next month. Come on. It is less than a month away. I made the mistake of like random, Wait, randomly I, turning to my I, wife and saying, hey, you I, know, our, I wish to talk. our son's going to be 20 years old next month. And she said, I, I would like to so talk. So you chose violence. Listen to me. Am I reading seven wrong? It says no. 7's release date was March 3rd, 2020. It's going to receive bug fixes until October of 2020 and security fixes until March of 2021. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. It's, it's end of life. That, that was definitely not an LTS version. <laughs> well, 8 eight got bug fixes until last month. No longer gets bug fixes. And it gets bug fixes until January. Security fixes. Or security, security fixes. fixes. And nine, the current version, has one and a half years left security fixes as well. There is no, so there right. is no planned, is still yeah, there is no planned LTS moving forward. So there won't, there, was, there just I, won't be. I was going to say there is no t- LTS, right? Because yeah. LTS, well, yep. five, security five, fixes, five, five, and six, perfect. No, as of as of three weeks from now, there will be no LTS. Five one, five five, and six, yeah. <laughs> Almost made it a full version. <laughs> Almost. Wait, that can't be right. Did they officially abandon it? Like, yeah. Oh, they did. Yeah. They made an annou- announcement. No, no, we don't do that. Oh, well, that's like I, I didn't realize. 
I thought I remember back in the day, and again, maybe this changed, I didn't get the memo, that Laravel News was now the official blog of Laravel. Yes. And then it turns around, no, Laravel has a blog that they're all blogging to of stuff that doesn't go to Laravel News. Don't know what part of this you're not understanding. <laughs> the answer is yes. So I'm so confused. Because this appears to be a troubling topic and that the person who is on Laravel 7 no longer has support, but the person on Laravel 6 has support for one more month. <clears throat> I got a recommendation here for Enlighten, which is a security scanning, dependency scanning dev tool for Laravel that says, here's where your stuff might be insecure. Here's where the uh, update, updated versions of packages are, what you should. App- <laughs> it covers a lot of stuff. It's uh, it's two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks. Wow. Per, for a team. What? Uh, does not say per what though. It doesn't say per month or per year. Oh, just two hundred bucks per project. So project. I guess um, yeah, I guess project. yeah, forever. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean the whole. That's the th- that's the reason I put this here is is the whole thread the Laravel subreddit has kind of been imploding a little bit lately with a lot of people saying like, why the fuck is this changing? Um, like, why are we using Vite? Why are we not using mix anymore? Why are we using pint? Why are we using it's, I love watching the actual criticism come in, but the security alert question was just fantastic because it was a bunch of people really fanboying over, Laravel and saying like, well, bro, you're so stupid for not updating. And the guy saying, well, I I can't update because Laravel nine is so different than Laravel seven that everything breaks. Like it's not even possible. So, yeah, that's, I I still, still call that out as real world versus people who just, this is, I mean, this is a serious real world problem is that the LTS, like you just said, came out three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> three. The, so the real, the, like the only existing LTS of Laravel is so out of date that you can't even do a straight upgrade because in February, Laravel 10 is going to release. <laughs> yeah. And it's not LTS either. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. I'm not going to lie. That's... um. Yeah, there have been three mm-hmm. LTS versions: five one, five five, and six. I wish I had. I wish I had gotten. Still can. There's no reason I can't gotten more into Symphony. I still lean very heavily on Laravel for development now, and I don't know. I I don't have a problem. I mean, it doesn't like it's that. It's that thing that we've talked about in the past, right? It's like. Yeah, I use Laravel on client projects. When they have to upgrade, it's a painful, it's long so process. painful. Money, 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 right? Because they got to pay me for that upgrade now. You know, you're right. It is good. There's no, there's no incentive for me not to do that. But for for you know PHP Arch stuff, it's like you know we need to do a rewrite. Do I do it in Laravel? Like, do I really want to inherit that technical baggage moving forward? You no, know, it's, Tron Gate, no, no 
third party libraries. <laughs> That's true. Duh. Maybe we should be maybe we should that be looking closer be awesome. only ever having a version one. That would actually be awesome to rewrite it with, with that. <laughs> just to be I, I'm just oh, I I'm done. I'm done. I feel I feel like it's been completely forgotten that LTS is a thing that people want. There you go. I'm gonna tell all you Triangate people out there that really want to stick it to us, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you some insight how to do that. All you all buy a bunch of PHP Architect subscriptions, like like hundreds of thousands of them. Let us get really used to that money, and then like in a year or two, cancel them all. That'll show Just cut us. us off. <laughs> we would be like that was horrible. Do that. I feel like I feel like if I went to Dolly the image generator and typed in PHP stuffed elephant, I would get the Tron gate elephant out of it. <laughs> All right. I think that's good, man. John wants to go to bed. He's complaining. I want to go jump in my pool. Cause I think my, uh, I think my family is still out there and Oh, a quick shout out. I hope you all get the opportunity to do this sometime. When your kids get old enough to have professional careers, you don't always get an opportunity to see them work. I talked recently how my, my one kid has gone down the path of becoming a nurse. and it, like It's just creepy if I hang out in that hospital wing watching them nurse. I mean, like, You should leave the sickle at home, too. It's really off-putting. But my other kid who does who works for a trans family in San Diego, which is a community support for trans people. They do a lot of public speaking and we've never been invited to watch them speak. And we've never wanted to invite ourselves because it's like this weird parent child thing, but we got invited uh, to go watch some public speak. My, my wife was blown away with how good they were. And they were like, I was, was today, nor was I when I was 24, as good of a public speaker as they are currently. And it was such, it was such a thrill to watch them kind of do their thing. And and with it being public speaking and it being a big auditorium and, you know, the topics are, are uncomfortable topics, obviously are not uncomfortable, just, well, I guess I'm comfortable, depending on who you are. Anyways, they're not topics that everybody can agree on and everybody has the same thought process on. There are a lot of questions that, that come. And just watching them talk to all these people and field questions and have responses and make people laugh and make people applaud, it was cool, man. It, I sounds hope, awesome. I hope you all have an opportunity to experience something that, like that with with your kids because it was it was good it wasn't as good as watching them do good in sports which is kind of my thing but it was it was still kind of cool it's like it was one of those moments where you're yeah, like, like okay, you build they're... them up like way up here and then you're like eh, i'm gonna just kick them down a few notches they're gonna be all right that, that was the whole thing like after all this happened i mean they had my wife crying like we're sitting in the back of the auditorium making wives cry is easy tearing. and i'm like yeah yeah and so when it was all said and done, and I didn't didn't make a deal out of it. I didn't even tell the wife. I come over to them and I give them a little quick little hug, and I'm like, "Don't worry, honey, you'll do better next time." <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, it was good. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you were joking. 
No, no, I really said that. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I mean, like I said, I, I hope, hope you all get an opportunity to experience something like that. It was, it was enjoyable. Sounds really cool. All right. Well, oh my God. I'm sorry. I didn't know I had a cat. I'm like, what is under my foot? And it is a cat. Okay. It's the squishy furry <laughs> right. thing. That's going to be it. I think we're going to wrap this one up. Send all your hate mail to Tom at phparch.com. And, uh, that, it. That and watch it bounce. Good. Not an address I have. Watch it bounce. <laughs> I mean, we employ him just as much as anybody else. <laughs> well, speaking of which, where's our article at, you bastard? Oh, man. All I've right. So that's going to be it. <laughs> Maybe we should interview him. Maybe we'll actually get something out of him if we interview him. All right. That's going to be it. Episode 298, gentlemen. 298. Two. Actually, one now. One away from the infamous 300. Can we retire at that That's it. 298. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. Keep it ugly. One, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do, listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish, I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric, yo, he's never on some average shit, you know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate, I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song, yo, shout the host name Thomas cause he's never wrong, yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet, unlike my freestyles which cause a riot, I'm about to do it like this cause the people love me, shouts out to PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they gettin' together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.